0: What a blessing it is to see the hand of God and and to see everything that God has done through in His Word, uh, to see the hand of God and to see the works of God, and, and being used through the people that He uses. And as we've been in Genesis, we're going to be looking at Genesis chapter fifteen. And but real quick, I want to kind of give a little bit of a a background of where we've journeyed from so far, and and where we're where we're at in chapter fifteen. And Abram's journey has been quite, uh, quite an interesting one. Is is he was called from the land of Ur, which is located in Iraq. He was called by God to to inherit the land of Canaan, which is what we know as, as Israel, and and. Canaan is stretched as far as up to uh, the area of the, of the coastal area uh, and up to as far as Lebanon and those areas of Canaan. Uh, what we know is now as is Israel and what we know as Lebanon and part of that Gaza Strip as well was once known as Canaan. And so Abram was called by God to inherit that. He's seen something special in Abraham. And so he was called and, and Abraham was obedient and faithful and and it's been an interesting journey to watch everything that's happened as abram had finally made his way to the land of canaan and he had a wife by the name of sarai and he came with his nephew lot who he uh, who he was raising and at one point you know it, i guess uh, the canaan was in a famine at the time and and abram decided to take a trip over to egypt because there was uh, abundant resources in egypt and so he took his family over there, and in, in, interestingly, he told Sarah his wife, he says, you know, he goes, when they see you, they're going to want to take you for themselves, and if they know that I'm your husband, then they're going to kill me so that way they can have you. And so he said, in order to spare my life, tell them that you're my sister. And so they did, they made their way over there. And, and they saw her because Sarai was, was apparently a very beautiful woman. And so he was absolutely right. Uh, the Pharaoh was, was, uh, taken by her and, 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 uh, and so everybody complimented her on her. Uh, the princess of, of the Egyptian Empire even talked about how pretty she was in the scriptures. And so, uh, eventually the Pharaoh found out exactly who Abraham was when God had put a curse uh Or more or less, of a curse on the on the area of the land there. So God struck that that area with a plague. And Pharaoh says, "What have you done? What is this that you have done? Take your stuff and go." So Abram returns to uh, to the land of Canaan, where he started and where he was supposed to be. And once he had gotten there, Abram had built an altar. He built an altar to God, and he, and he basically repented for what he did and, and worshipped God where he was supposed to be worshipping. And then eventually when they got to the area that they wanted, see, Abram was a very wealthy man. He had 318 servants who was working for him. His nephew Lot was also very wealthy, and he had uh, numerous people working for him. We don't know exactly how much, but the possibility was that he could have had around the same amount. Well, there was a, let's just say it was a little bit crowded in this area. And so Lot decided that the, the land wasn't big enough, because Abram's men and Lot's men were fighting uh, one, and over, one another over territory there. And so Lot says, "You know what? This place just isn't big enough for the two of us." And Abraham pleaded with him not to go. The Lot said he looked up and he looked to the east and he saw the land of Sodom and Gomorrah. And Sodom and Gomorrah was was very rich in in uh, um, in resources. Uh, back in the in those days, that was actually the place to be was over in Sodom and Gomorrah. Anything and everything you'd want was over there. And but the problem was is the cities were extremely wicked, it said. And Lot decided to go anyways. So Lot went over there and unfortunately he was at the wrong place most definitely and even more so at the wrong time because they decided to attack uh the neighboring the neighboring cities because there was a particular kings in these areas that uh that had to uh they had to pay towards another um Another king in this region, and there was a rebellion which caused Lot and a bunch of people uh, to be taken uh, captive. So Abram finds out and, and makes a long journey to rescue his nephew. And so he, he rescued his nephew, and 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 did so successfully. So when 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 Abram had returned. He had a conversation with God, and God told him that He was going to take care of him, and God told him that that He would have uh, a lineage that would come from him, and that He would be the father of the father of so many descendants that He wouldn't be able to uh, be able to count them all. And so uh, Abram was at a point to where he was questioning God: How is this, and how will I know? Well, we're going to see that today in Genesis chapter 15. And, and we're going to see the, the provisions that, that God made. See, God, God is perfect. God is the one who keeps to his promises. You know, Abram was faithful. And Abram was obedient. And, and those were, the, again, the two attributes that really seemed to impress God. And therefore, the blessings came because of that. But again, God was the one... Who made the promise to Abram? But like Abram and like anybody else, we want signs. We want to see things. How is it that I will know what it is that you're telling me? That how is this going to be received? How will I know that this is going to happen at my age, at this time? He was in his 70s or 80s, and and so how could it be that I am going to have a child of my own? Well, I think if anything, if we know God, we know that if God says something, we know that it's going to happen. But it's not always going to be on our time. It's always on His time, which is perfect time. But we always want it on our time. So I, I pray that we learn and we see uh, certain things maybe that that might be questioning in our own minds, and, and by the by the will of God, maybe we'll have certain things answered. And we'll be able to see it through the life of somebody else. But the thing is, is we're not Abraham. We might not be certain people in the Bible, but we are chosen just like Abraham and we are people that God has chosen. And He has a, He has a a will for our lives set aside per His plan. And that's something I myself have had to learn over the years too. So we're, we're no different. Now as we go into chapter 15 we're going to see we're going to see Abraham's heart here we're going to see his mind a little bit and how and how he isn't very different from anybody else yes he was faithful and chosen but that is where we should be the same so if you have your bible turn to Genesis chapter 15 and we're going to start off in verses 1 through 3 and it says after these things the word of the lord came to Abram in a vision saying do not be afraid Abram i am your shield You're exceedingly great a word. But Abram said, Lord God, what will you give me seeing I go childless? And the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. And then Abram said, Look, you have given me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my house is my heir. So the Lord appeared to Abram, and as he was obviously, uh, he obviously knew the, uh, the troubled heart of Abram. And he was assuring him of the blessings and promises of offspring. You know, Abram, he had it all. A beautiful wife. He had extreme wealth. He had respect amongst his people. But he realized something special was missing. And he he realized, I have no one, no children, to inherit any of this stuff that I have. Now, Eliezer was, was his right-hand man. And he was a special person to Abram and and all but he, he knew the difference of a servant and the difference between a child and he, he had a lot on his mind he, he just rescued his nephew lot from some neighboring kings and their armies and he refused reward from the king of sodom because the, the king of sodom told him to go ahead and take the spoils but he wanted nothing to do with it so abram questioned god what exactly are you giving me you know abram was a little older now and and he and, and now he has enemies now Now, if something were to happen to him, then all he had would go to Eliezer, his servant, which was uh, done by custom. But when we see Abram and his reaction to his life uh, situation, we see that he is normal just like anybody else, right? He worries and questions, even after the deliverance and blessings were given. Uh, You know, perhaps the virtue of patience was the issue. But faith is always the main test. You know, God said, don't be afraid. Number one... I am your shield and your reward. And Abram in a way should have realized that after defeating uh, armies that were most likely larger than his 318 men and rescuing rescuing his nephew Lot, God was his shield and reward at the same time. You know, we always figure that when uh when something's promised by God that it will happen right then and there. And, and, and at times it did, and others varied from days to even years. But from a Bible reader's standpoint, you know, we have the advantage of seeing that, that when God says He's going to do something, it happens. And from our personal standpoints, we say the same thing when we don't see things happen right away. But what stood out was, was God being the, He was the reward. God is the ultimate gift. Everything else he adds to us is, is basically icing on the cake. But it's funny how long it takes us to learn the truth about God, yet he still amazes us with his perfect ways. Uh, but he revealed Ab- He revealed to Abram what, what the true reward was. See, people seem to follow God as long as the gifts keep coming. But, you know, like a child, when they don't get what they want, they want nothing to do with you. Right? And now that... That was not Abram, which is why I, I've always said this is why he was chosen. That wasn't, that wasn't the outlook. But to you now, that was, that was not to Abram. But to see the typical demeanor in people, that's what happens. Because we should care about God first and foremost. I, I think a lot of people tend to walk as long as the gifts keep coming. As long as the promises of blessings are there but you know when we think of our our relationship with our parents you know we love our parents regardless of what we're given depending on the heart i should say but i think the same demeanor goes towards god we're we're there as long as he continues to bless and continues to shower the gifts but you know abram was a true follower he wasn't uh he wasn't just doing it for the sake of of what do i get out of this and God looks at that and he sees the truth behind people. and He looks for a wholehearted relationship with 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 people who want a wholehearted relationship with Him. you know it's, it's amazing when uh when we do uh, wedding ceremonies, you know we have the vow questions that do you promise to stay with one another through richer or through poor, through sickness and through health? And and everybody says I do, but uh, after a while, you, you at times see that they no longer say I, I will. They'll say after a while I won't. And, and at times it's it's the same in our relationship with God. Is, is we will say I no longer will because of what I'm not getting out of it. But God is always the gift that keeps on giving. You know, we always want something. We, we always want but but we're not always willing to give and, and we, we don't even realize what it is he's given us yet. You know' we're, I think we're in for a major shock here when we realize what it is he did for us when, when, we, when eternity is seen. But again, I, I pray that as we go through this that we will continue to see strength in our in our walk with the Lord. you know Abraham was such a, a strong and godly example. And he was a very typical example because he fell short just like anybody else from time to time. But again, repentance is key. Verse four through eight. And it says, And behold, the word of the Lord came to him saying, This one shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. Then he brought him outside and said, Look now toward heaven and count the stars if you are able to number them. And he said to him, So shall your descendants be. And he believed in the Lord, and he, he counted it to him for righteousness. And then he said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out of, the, out of Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land to inherit it. And he said, Lord God, how shall I know that I will inherit it? Now, Abram looks again for assurance. You know, what is the sign? How will I know? You know, we always definitely feel a little better when we can see the road ahead. But we should feel best when we're in the passenger seat while God is in control. Abram was counted righteous by his faith more than anything. More than anything, right? The Bible, the Bible and by following that we have the things of what to do or what not to do and by following them we are in God's good graces. That's what we have. We have the Bible to show us these things. And having children of his own was his desire he didn 't desire more wealth or possessions, simply an offspring of his own. You know that was always considered one of the ultimate blessings in that culture. But just as in all cultures, to have an offspring is a blessing from God all around. You know the difference is, is in one 's belief in him and in one 's walk with him as well. Yeah, Even over a thousand years after Abraham, his faith was used in in the New Testament writings as a standard bearer. You know, Paul said in in the book of Romans, chapter 4, and verses 1 through 3, Paul said, What then shall we say? That Abraham our father was found according to the flesh? For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God... And it was accounted to him for righteousness. So we can look at ourselves and say that I give so much money to these causes and, and to these organizations. Uh, my church attendance is perfect. You know, I do some really good deeds within my community. And and that's wonderful because we need more of those things to be done like that. But God looks at the inner heart of it all. You know, do we trust in him first? More so than by what we do in everyone else's eyes you know it's it's belief and acceptance in the lord that saves people not philanthropy or other things of that nature but by believing in him in what he did for us on the cross is is the key now again the advantage we have today is that we is that we have seen in the bible that the promises that god gave to abram came true and the amazing thing is to see that he blesses beyond uh, expected at times you know, it's funny to see what he's done for people who never, uh, who never asked for specific things. Yet he adds on to those blessings. You know, many have said that I don't believe anymore or follow because my prayers of obtaining wealth weren't answered. Well, perhaps God was protecting you from something within the dangers of those things. See, God knows us better than we know ourselves. And he knew Abram better than Abram did. God works with us, you know. We've seen his, we've seen that He is long-suffering, which means that He puts up with a lot. But I, I love how God answers Abram here. Is as we take a look now in verse nine, and we're going to be looking at verses nine through eleven. So he said to him, "Bring me a three-year-old heifer, a three-year-old female goat, a three-year-old ram, a turtle dove, and a young pigeon." And then he brought all these to him and cut them in two down the middle and placed each opposite the other. But he did not cut the birds in two. And when the vultures came down on the carcasses, Abram drove them away. So, as strange as this sounds... Uh, with the animals being cut in two. Uh, this was God's assurance to Abram in the form of an ancient contract, what we know as a covenant. Now, this particular covenant was a Chaldean covenant where an animal would be cut in half and, uh, the two people would meet each other halfway through. And if there was numerous animals, uh, that would typically show that the covenant was more of a serious nature. So, uh, this was definitely the case where Abram was instructed to, uh, uh, to obtain more than one animal here. But God was assuring Abram by performing a covenant that Abram was familiar with. Uh, as he was asking God for a sign of the promise, as he, as always, God went above and went beyond. Uh, in this covenant, the meaning was that, uh, that whoever should break this covenant, may this happen to them, that, of what happened to the animal. Uh, whoever breaks it, may this happen to you, basically. So it was a pretty serious covenant. Uh, i couldn 't imagine too many of them were done but um but again this was a uh this was an act of the Chaldeans, and God basically uh decided to prove to Abram that hey, if you want to take me serious i 'm going to i 'm going to make this with you in in a way that you understand, and we 're going to see that it was God who made the covenant here, you know as back then they didn 't write contracts on paper. And they didn't file them and and then they didn't sue someone if someone felt that they were wronged in, in a written agreement. Uh there was no fine print hidden uh hidden uh words which required a magnifying glass to read. Uh there was the agreement and the requirement to uh, to live up to it and that was it. Uh, written agreements didn't come later in the year, until later in the years, and at times could be questionable depending on the ones who were orchestrating that contract. In the terms, um, as there was these, uh, the, these covenants were on equal ground for both parties versus somebody who writes the contract uh, that benefits them. And, and years later, God exiled the Jews to Babylon for, for their years of disobedience. And over the years, they developed uh, uh, businesses and and became very successful in Babylon. And archaeologists have actually found uh, forms of contracts that were written up in in, uh, the form of business and loan transactions. And they said that, man, these were some very shrewd practices back in the days written in these particular contracts. So we see how some things uh, have changed over the years some things you know people can easily sign something they didn't understand yet by these standards there was no confusion whatsoever everybody was everybody was uh equally um treated on this aspect there wasn't somebody uh putting fine print you knew what you were doing, and the other party knew what they were doing. There was no, there was no form of, of uh, shyster uh, activity, with the exception of those who broke the covenant. But as this was going on, a distraction came upon them. Okay, So vultures show up, and, and normally the majority of birds in the Bible, uh, they represent a form of evil, with the exception of a few. But vultures are definitely on the top of the unclean animal list, and Abram was most likely uh, waiting for God to appear to make the covenant final, as the two would have to meet in between the chopped animal. But they had, but he had to contend with a distraction before God gave Abram a vision. And let's take a look at this vision in in uh, verse twelve. And it says, Now when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram, and behold, horror and great darkness fell upon him. And then he said to Abram, Know certainly that your descendants will be strangers in a land that is not theirs, and will serve them, and they will afflict them four hundred years. And also the nation whom whom they serve I will judge afterward. They shall come out with great possessions. Now as for you, you shall go to your fathers in peace, you shall be buried at a good old age. But in the fourth generation they shall return here, for iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. And it came to pass when the sun went down and it was dark, that behold there appeared a smoking oven and a burning torch that passed between these, uh, those pieces." On the same day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying, To your descendants I have given this land. From the river of Egypt of the, to the great river, the, the river Euphrates, the Kenites, the Kenazites, the Kadmonites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Rapham, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Gergashites, and the Jebusites. So, you know, God gives Abram a little insight on what the uh, what the Israelites will go through in the future, which is a 400-year slavery in Egypt, uh, which will be seen in the Book of Exodus during the time of Moses. But then God does something that Abram was definitely not expecting. You know, he present he presents himself as a smoking oven and a burning torch, and this is again this is referred to as a theophany uh whenever god uh, comes down and presents himself in some form it's it's well a theological term is called a, a theophany is when he appears and god has come down in many forms you know we we've seen him come down in the as pil- a pillar of cloud uh you know moses has seen him uh in the burning bush and those were just a couple of examples uh that we've seen as a, of a theophany now abram from the side was watching as God came down and he passed through the animals himself. See, God made the covenants and he made the covenant and passed through himself. Because only God can keep a promise. Never has one been broken. You know, if you're familiar with biblical covenants that God made, you will see that he always came through with them. Even when the other half, even when the person fell short, God always came through, which is why we should be careful in regards to making promises to God. You know, by by not going through with what we promised, He holds us accountable, and and we're not free from the consequences. You know, God was merciful and understanding. um, You know, as He performed the covenant Himself, but after He witnessed God go through, and then God explained the covenant He made as he spoke about the Kenites and the Amorites, the Jebusites, these were all the tribes that lived in the land of Canaan. And unfortunately, a lot of these, especially like the Amorites, they were, they were somewhat of a, a tribe of bad news. They were doing so many things that weren't pleasing to God. They were doing child sacrificing and so on and so forth, and idol worship. And the land, the land was thousands of square miles that God gave him. You know, his descendants would be so many... So many beyond count. And he will have a son that comes from him as God promised. God will continue his blessed lineage. But see, God chose Abram as he chose every one of us. Why the blessings to him was basically the closeness that he had to God. Okay? When God gave Abram the blessings, he gave what pretty much anyone, he gave what pretty much anybody would want. Verse 15, God said, As for you, you shall go to your fathers in peace and be buried at a good old age. And I'm sure most people in life would want the same exact thing. You know, to live a good long life and to see our children grow, uh, to see grandchildren, maybe even great-grandchildren if God allows. You know, to see descendants not just do well, but to be following God. Because at the end of the day, or better yet, at the end of our time, the only thing that will matter is where we're going eternally. And the, other, the only thing is will matter what we're going to be doing for God. So as we come to a close, you know the opportunity is given to be a part of the Lord always. You know, like Abraham, God had a plan for him as he does for us. But as we observe the scripture, we can see that there was a receiving of God in in their life first, and then the walk began. When it came to the people we're going to be reading about, the most blessed people, the most influential people, first and foremost received God as Father, and then they walked with Him. You know, Jesus said, in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus said, Seek Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. And, and, and what that is on earth, only God knows. But what we know is, is that we have eternal life in his presence. That should be enough. Now, I, I personally, I see how he blesses those who says that, that the Lord is all that they need. I see the personal difference in the lives of those people that that look at the Lord and say that you are truly all I need. Now, I've not not seen people say in the Bible that, well, I will gladly follow you if you do this for me or if you make me a a wealthy person or if you're going to do this for me, Lord. Uh, The Lord blessed people. With wealth. He blessed some with, in many other different things. Because he's seen, he's seen a a fitting attribute towards those people. But I have to warn people as well to be biblically truthful that certain things were taken from people when they fell away. But these people weren't looking for personal riches. They seeked first him. Everything else just came unexpectedly, whatever it is. But you know, you look at Abraham, and he was just one who followed the Lord. You know, the Lord called Abraham his friend. And, and what a blessing to to have been able to have that title, to know that, that God, the creator of all things, of all people, the universe, the heaven the earth, and earth and all the planets, everything we see, the creator of all of this called Abraham his friend. Well, everyone has that opportunity. But the key is is that you see Abram stuck close. Those of us who stuck close to him is who he calls his friend and who he calls his children. And so he wants every single living person as he created us. So if you want him, if, if, if you believe in what you heard... And in the words of Christ, where he said, seek first the kingdom of God. Because in the end, again, that is all that's going to matter. So if, if you believe in him, by believing, you receive. So to receive is to believe. So if you want, say this prayer after me in order to receive the Lord Christ as your Lord and Savior. Dear God, please forgive me, Lord. Forgive me of my sins. Lord, I confess, Lord, to you that I am a sinner. And, Lord, I I pray, Lord, that you would wash me of my sins, Lord. And, Father, I thank you for dying on the cross, Lord, for my sins. I receive you as my Lord and Savior, as my Father. And, Lord, may you receive me into your kingdom, Lord. As, Lord, I love you, and I praise you, and I thank you for having me, Lord. And help me to walk closely with you all days of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, may God bless and keep you always, and your family and your friends. And remember, the prayers are always with you, wherever you are and whoever you are. So may God bless and keep you always. Thank you.